In this episode of the podcast, I spoke with Amanda. Now, originally there were several reasons why I was going to speak with Amanda. And we kind of just went off in a tangent and just actually had a chat about all things, uh, predominantly Salisbury. It was a lot of laughs. I had a great chat. Really, really enjoyed talking to her. I will be getting Amanda back onto the podcast to talk about the WRAC and veterans, but that didn't happen today. So, but please, I hope you enjoy it. It was great fun. And I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? I'm very good, David. Thank you for uh, inviting me along to this. This is very exciting. It is. Thank you. No, thank you very much. It's, it's my absolute pleasure. And I just to give people some reference, I literally just cut you off talking because you were about to tell me about Wiltshire Council, which is one of your roles that I wanted to talk to you about. So please, please, now that I've interrupted you, could you start again? Yes. Well, I mean, I work for um, for Wiltshire Council, have done for the last um, three years as a development officer. And um, what we were talking about is about sort of being you know, self-employed and how things lead to things and things like that. So my previous passion, it's still a passion, is about training and uh, being a conduit to get the best out of people or their businesses yeah and when this particular role came up um it was cool that sounds rather nice but the story i was going to explain is that every single day we all have an opportunity to either sell ourselves or a service or whatever it is and and i was in um, a supermarket over in andover many years ago um getting ready to go and visit um, a large health company that are over there and the the lady in front was sort of putting her trolley bits and bobs out and she said oh you've got some nice stuff and I said oh well, I've got some biscuits and a bunch of flowers I'm off to visit somebody and the conversation was what do you do I said well you know I, I have a company and I train people to use computers and da, da, da. from that she had just got a laptop she needed some uh, training I gave her my card we went our separate ways I got a telephone call and I did a couple of hours training with her so you never know where or what an opportunity might suddenly go boom <laughs> Yeah, so. and it's, it is, and uh, I mean, the, and the reason we were kind of segueing down that avenue is because I was talking about how podcasts uh, encouraged me to get over the cold calling fear of actually you're just going to talk to a person you'd never met before, a stranger, and just start a conversation, and yeah. you do it the best way by asking them about themselves and demonstrating interest and showing interest and asking them how they are, what they do. And it encourages you to listen, you know. And, and it's one of those things that we, we tend to forget about. You know, I am the the mad lady that walks through souls. <laughs> if, if I see somebody who's looking a little bit lost, I'll, I'll go up to them. If you can remember when we used to have visitors and we all used to be able to mix, you know. Yes, how, yes. But if I see someone pondering, I'll go up and say, um, are you geographically challenged? <laughs> and, and you'll see them... Sorry, and normally the wife. If it's a couple, normally the wife goes, "Yes, he's lost." <laughs> it starts a conversation. It does, yeah. Um, you know, well, I'm looking for so right, fabulous, and then they go, "Oh no," because I'll say to them, "Well, yes, you might be going there, but you need to look at this." And have you tried this coffee shop, or have you been to this restaurant? But we humans, we and the current situation has, has highlighted it that we do like to talk. Yeah. Now, whether we face to face or or at that cold call, it's a as you say, it's a conversation. How's your day going? Oh, tell me what you do. 
and, and you know the shoulders will, will will lower and people will become softer generally speaking and we could you know we mustn't forget how to communicate with each other yeah you're right it, it's not only in recent times is it a skill just just because of the situation we're in that is we're losing because people are becoming by you know, just because of the regulations it's impossible not to be more tribal because you're not actually allowed outside your own house and you're not allowed to i think you can well you can mix with certain people under certain circumstances you know and i work in care so i'm quite fortunate that it hasn't had the same impact on me so i yeah. still see lots of people but then i see people um or chat with friends who haven't been out for months and they almost have lost complete concept of what's going on on the outside world because of, especially if yeah. they're getting their shopping delivered as well someone's yeah. like so when was and I'm like, when was the last time you've been out Ooh, oh, oh. christmas eve when we were still allowed and you're like yes. hang on a second <clears throat> you realize oh yeah but i don't want to risk anything and you just like you know and they're cutting you off because that they, they, they don't want to go out they don't want to do this they don't want to do that because they're afraid they, they are worried and rightly so but we're losing that connection of face-to-face -face contact. And yes. it's being done more and more over social media or emails, and it, it's not enough. And it was yeah. getting awkward before COVID, you know, because of things like social media and misunderstandings. And, yes. you know, if somebody wasn't holding up the same flag as you, well, they're scum, I hope they die. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? so we were losing that ability already. And um, it's going to be an interesting, if we ever come out of a lockdown, how we're going to reintegrate. It is. Uh, you know, I, I remember many years ago, I probably was, which is quite a few years ago, actually, before decimalisation. Um, so I was probably about three or four. Um, we'd moved um, from um, Cornwall up to Yorkshire because my father's job uh, house wasn't ready. So we were staying, lucky enough to stay in a hotel. Oh, nice. And uh, which is quite good. Um, apparently I couldn't actually read the menu, but I'd hold this menu up, which was, you know, 15 times bigger than me and say, I'll have a scampi and a glass of Asti, because that was the thing to do. And it's like, you can have the scampi, but you can't have the Asti. But I remember my father quite Shame. clearly saying when we had a, a, a gathering, because one Easter, the family came up to us before the house was done. And my father turning to me and saying, you need to make polite conversation. Yeah. As a four year old, I'm thinking I could I could talk about Pink Ted, who's still with me. You know, he's a mature teddy bear. Um, I could talk to them about my bicycle and I remember sitting there thinking what am I going to do but he had quite a valid point and on reflection it's quite good because if you start them young you know absolutely you, you've got to do that you can't sit there and there's a lot of people I suppose I can't say because I don't have children but give them a coloring book and tell them to shut up yeah but you can't go through life with a coloring book and tell them to shut up you've got to engage you've got absolutely. to have conversations and and I know that the world is is sharper, or maybe we're aware of you know the nastier things nowadays. But simple again, you know, the mad woman going into Salisbury. I look at people and say good morning yeah. when I walk past them because that person could be having a real ugh day, and they might think, well, she's a bit potty, but it's made me smile. You know, that, we, we've got to carry on talking. There is, I think, a lot of people don't understand that as well. Is if if you reach out to somebody just randomly especially if they're yeah. having a bad day and they feel isolated and they you know because isolated is really a very posh way of saying they feel alone 
They feel yeah. that no one cares. They feel that no one can see them. Yes. And sometimes when you just reach out to somebody and just say, good morning, or, oh, what magazine are you reading? Is it interesting? Yeah. They suddenly will open up. They'll talk. They'll feel appreciated. It, it's mm. one of the highest in psychology and stuff. It's one of the things they talk about, that contact with others is one of the most important social skills for our own well-being. Mm. And we are, like you said, it's, I remember, I'm not quite, I don't think I was pre decimalization I was born in 74. So, oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> um, it's not, but back then, like the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s, kind of one of the things that was always exciting about going on a road trip somewhere, if you were on a bus or a train or getting on a plane or getting on a ferry somewhere, is you knew you were going to talk to random strangers because you were yes. expected to. If you were sitting next to me, it'd be considered rude. I remember, I can't remember when it was, it first happened, but do you remember when Sony Walkmans came out? I, d yes. I don't know why I'm holding my hat, hands up to my head, yeah. showing I've because got headphones. They have to be yellow. Um, yeah. But they? Like the white ones for the iPods. Most of my listeners, listeners listen in audio. So here's me demonstrating Walkman, even though I've got headphones in my head. And you Very good graphic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So in case anyone doesn't know, so Sony Walkmans were for cassettes and cassettes is how we used to listen to shit. Right. And it came in a little box with batteries and it oh. had these headphones used to plug in. And we'd press play. And I remember somebody saying to me one day how outraged they were because they'd got on a train or something like that and the person next to them had their headphones on and wouldn't talk to them. Right. <laughs> and it, they were outraged. <laughs> the disgust. Because how dare they? I got, on the, I got on the train and I was expecting them to talk to me and they wouldn't yeah. turn their music off. No, it, you know, it, it, it's madness. But, but it's those little bits and that, that element of conversation that builds... Um, relationships, social skills, all sorts of things. Yeah, and and it's crucial that that we remember that and we encourage it. I, I've been into to Wiltshire College, um, to do a couple of talks with um their sort of uh, business studies people, uh, the students, and um, so going to a, a lecture hall and and you know this is me and like, yeah hurrah I'm loving this doesn't bother me yeah and engage with them and a couple of them they wouldn't say boo to a goose and i said to them so you know if you like that young lady down there and you want to go out with her what are you going to do i don't know i said you're going to have a really really quiet life then because you've got to engage and yeah. and find something to talk about you've got to do that it's just not going to work well um, i i remember one of the best skills i ever got taught on how to practice random conversation is in shop use and just yeah. when you're in front of a queue, especially like boys, girls, girls, boys, whichever it is, right? Whoever you want to talk to, boy to boy, girl to girl, whichever way it is, right? Is if you just see somebody and you happen to be in front of them in the queue or something like that, or you're stood in the queue, just browse and just randomly say to them like, Jesus Christ, I don't know what chocolate bar I want. What's your favourite? Yeah. And just ask them something about what's your favourite? But then leave them alone. Mm. And they'll either respond and say, oh, that's my favourite, and you can either go along with it if you're, or dismiss it, do you know what I mean? But then either a conversation will break out or it won't. But, mm. And that bit's not really important unless you're, you really fancy them. 
right? But yeah. it's not generally important. But, but what's important is you're learning the skill of just opening your mouth, making a sound and getting someone's attention for no mm. reason whatsoever. And the more you practice doing that, the easier it becomes. And then when you do want to ask somebody out, you're not as awkward. You, you're not no. as desperate. You're not just a gibbering wreck who looks like a stalker. You know, yes. <laughs> making the poor sod think, yeah, yeah, no. W- where do you live? I said, dial in 999. Let me just write yeah. that address down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to take some photos for the restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can, can use modern modern kit to, to complement it, but I, I do fear sometimes that um, the, the next generation will, will lose the art of writing letters and having conversations. So yeah. with, with COVID, when this, I mean, I'm quite blasé about this, but last year I wasn't too well. Um, so I was off um, as we were going into COVID and uh, sort of n- nine months later. So I didn't really sort of, you know, register what was happening, first of all. But, you know, you, you see the news, you see what's going on. So I started, and I quite like writing letters. So I started to write letters to not completely random people. Obviously, I knew their address. But the art of that, the phone call, that generated a phone call saying that was really nice to have a letter. Yeah. And then to speak to them because nobody had sort of been speaking to them as well. And, just... and it's such just to show you something can you see that oh yes yeah because i like writing letters as well yeah it's one of my favorite ways to communicate and a proper fountain pen as well i don't have a proper fountain pen oh we need to rectify i do have a but i do have a proper pen Ah, it is a ballpoint but it is i do i do yeah, it's it's not a big biro. No offense, big. I don't need the. No, no, and somebody's made a lot of money from that. But the, yeah. then again, that's, that's part of that preparation. It's that I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down quietly. I've got my nice you know letter paper. I've got yeah. my pen, and it's that commitment. And and the letter could only be an A5 sheet of saying trust you well, doing this that, and the other. This is what's going on. But you've made somebody's day, and then of course you you go, oh my gosh, that's really expensive to to post it. But you go actually. No, it's not. I've put this piece of paper into a funny red box or a blue if you're in Guernsey. You put it into the box. Somebody's taken that away and they've sorted it. And so for whatever it is, that's not a bad service and it gets delivered to the door. Yeah, but it's it's one of the nicest things you can do for somebody. And it, I, mm. I would argue it's almost priceless is to yeah, just I... drop drop somebody a letter. I mean, text messages and messaging and messaging. I get it. I get it. It's nice. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's you know I I I have this thing I did I did it only today where I w- go through a few people and I just reach out hey how's it going just checking in mm. making sure everything's good right yeah it's a, it's a nice thing to do there and you get a thumbs up back yeah I'm good looking forward to ha- having a coffee beer whatever and mm. they know you're thinking about them and you know they're still alive exactly. and vice versa and you've not lost any contact but there is something beautiful about just for, for getting down a pen and paper and just saying. Dear Amanda, thinking about you this morning, I hope you're really well. What I was thinking about is, do you remember when you were on the podcast and we were laughing about X, Y, or Z? Yeah. And and we we can transport ourselves back to that. We can remember it. And, and, you know, when you get your, see, I'm terrible. It's it's like, oh, I think I I recognise that writing. I know where it's come. So when I get my birthday cards, my other half, (laughs) she goes mad. She just opened it. It's like, no, no, this is part of the game. (laughs) 
oh, well, that's got a postal code of so-and-so, so that could be so-and-so. That, I recognise that writing, but that's yeah. part of it. It's like Unst- recognising somebody in the street and going, oh, hello, it- I can't remember your name, but why is it, you know? But there is, it's just, there is something incredibly, it's, it's kind of, it's almost a pl- platonic romance, yeah. in, if for want of a better term. Where, you think of the pen pal days. You know. Yes, exactly that. You, you, It's like the old fashioned, old fashioned, listen to the two of us yeah, harping yeah. on in nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, before we had light bulbs and we were, had candles. Um, yeah, <laughs> four candles. Yeah, <laughs> if you know, you know, and um, yeah, but there is this, something nice about just because, like you say, at the other end of that, somebody receives a letter, and mm. they just open it up, and all all that's there is a few lines that took no more than five minutes, that have much more meaning than a than a, a text message or writing it on a messenger, because all you're doing is, I mean. And for anybody that wants a hint, like what's a good way, actually write about the last time you laughed together or a funny memory from childhood and just relay that to them because then you take, that you transport that person back to that place as well. Yeah, definitely. Like you were saying before about, you you don't know how lonely um, someone is. And there is a definition of fine, isn't there, which I think starts off with a naughty word and I can never remember what it is, but we all go, yes, I'm fine. Well, not necessarily there, there's the face that we put out to the world yeah. and then there's the face where we we probably go back to the person that brought us together and go hey, worst. you know you, you need to do that but we never know what sort of day somebody's having and, and if we can even make them stop and just come out of that situation yeah. whether it's a hello or sending them the letter when when we were going into to lockdown here, you know, we, we live in a in a normal everyday road of suburbia in Salisbury and we have a mixture. And in our particular section, there's probably, I think it's about 20 houses along a little bit. And occasionally you see people. And, and so I dropped a, a, a physical piece of paper through the door saying, look, we're obviously going to go into a lockdown scenario. There's something on here. Why don't we set up a, a WhatsApp group? So if somebody needs something we can support each other Hmm. um but in the meantime while we can still sort of socialize why don't we just poke our heads outside on a saturday evening about 18 13 just go cheers make sure everybody's fine and i thought this could go one or two ways and it's that bossy bird again she's (laughs) (laughs) um now there's neighbors that we had instigated a summer barbecue um, which part of my sorriness was like, oh my god, we're having a street party. This is awful. <laughs> but the human part, we thought this is really quite good fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the long and the short of it, it came together, and everybody said, yeah, that's a really good idea. So through that, at eighteen thirty on a Saturday, it wasn't just a when we all could a hello. We got to the stage that we were often out there for an hour and a half. Yeah. So our most elderly neighbour, who isn't on the telephone, but we all keep an eye on. He would come out and sit on his wall and and he'd be plied with we did offer him tea or coffee but we we're all drinking sort of beer wine or whatever so he'd, he'd have a glass of something and and neighbors that we'd only ever just gone hello we came down and then we went into our major lockdown and they said you know we're really missing this so then with the whatsapp group those that are on there um we would take a picture and go cheers yeah there's another example of do you know what we humans as you say maybe we are tribal for, for the right and wrong reasons or whatever but we need human contact. Yeah, Make somebody's day and say hello. That, that's it. And I can promise anyone listening to this, if you 
just get out a pen and paper, send somebody a letter, and they'll receive it, fingers crossed, in a few days. And if they're feeling lonely, that will break everything for them. Because they will hold that. They will literally, it's tangible. It will be in their fingers, and they will feel it. They will smell the paper. And someone has taken the time to put pen to ink, pen to ink, pen to paper. Well, it's the same combination. It is, yeah. And um, and we will realise that somebody's actually given them some thought, is actually yeah. thinking about them, and it will. And it's something that they can pin to the fridge, something they can put in a special box, but it will make somebody feel incredibly special. David, I bet that you've got maybe a, a birthday card or a note that, that somebody sent to you when you were a sproglet knee-high to a grasshopper. That I, you don't, I don't have that. I do have this Christmas card from my friend Stacey, who oh. despite... Yeah, so despite the fact... Stacey, if you're listening, because she's a legend, right? Despite the fact I've stayed with her and her partner, Dean, for Christmas Eve, she does handmade Christmas cards. So right. it's still on my desk. That looks really good. Oh, she's she's a legend. It's even got a little like glitter. You can't can you can see the sort of diamond things glittering oh, away. The sparkle there. Yeah, you see, it's got everything. And she she spent hours doing things like that for Christmas. And and actually, as I look up, I've got a I can see a birthday card from my thirtieth birthday. So uh, that, that was a few years ago. Um, and somebody, yeah, it was a handmade birthday card. Which was really, hmm. Yeah, so it you're right. Sense. Actually, as I was saying, no, 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 I'm looking around. So, Jesus Christ, you've got loads of clutter. <laughs> oh, that's easy. Clutter is comfort. You see, I, I say that, but then I, I need to have a clear out every yeah, door. That's it, as I'm looking around. You know, but you're right. There's these sentimental tokens that I have right in, fr- right in front of me that I see daily mm. because somebody took the time to make something and write a message in there. Exactly. And, and every time I, I look up at that and I see that, I realise how much you know how how lucky I am that there's people that think highly of me, and I'm very yeah. blessed blessed because of it. And that's the important. That's we need to be reminded of that as well, don't we? You know, if if we're having a bit of a sort of black dog day, and you think, and you need to just pause two, three, and you you look at that card, or, or you look at a picture. I'm looking at pictures of dogs and my other half, and and a lovely little similar sort of thing actually, a hand drawing that somebody's done for me. With happy days written on it, not as in the thongs, but as <laughs> two two uh, two people sat back to back with a dog yeah. and a glass of wine, and you know that I look at that and I can grin and I can think, you know, ah, that was caused by this, and, and think of the person that gave it to me, and, and that's lovely. It is. It, it's it's very really uh, emotions. You see, it gives you a nice warm feeling. It does, though, doesn't it? It is. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do for anybody. Um, is make them realize that you you think of them mm. and that they that somewhere there was a part of you that no you mean something to me this is mm. my friendship with you is meaningful it actually gives a purpose to my life and it makes my life better yeah. <clears throat> and that's, that's that's effectively what you're telling them and especially now more than ever it's a great way to let people know that mm. and, and it's a value of that isn't it that's made me think of a a situation that in what I call in my previous life, uh, when I was up in Surrey, we used to go go off to, to Guernsey and see friends. Uh, but we had to stay in, you know, the one of one of three hotels because it was, you know, oh well we've got to stay here, it's the best hotel. Da, da, da. All this I would say dogs dangly bits actually. 
And then <clears> you can swear on this. It's an adult podcast. Yeah, basically, a load of bollocks. The load, yeah. load of typical, I suppose, the generation of that era as well. So that all went completely out the window, and my and my life was restarted quite majorly. Uh, but I was able to carry it down the route that I wanted to, and was never brave enough to do so. Then I went back to Guernsey with my wife, as opposed to my husband, and um, my best birthday was on the beach at Kobo with my group of friends that I'd met before I'd gone over there with the, with the other one, and we had fish and chips on the beach out of yeah. paper, and yeah. we drank. You know, wine out of cups, and that to me meant far much more because these guys had seen me on this whole journey, and they did the old tap tap. We never liked him anyway, and he looked a lot happier now, man. You know, <laughs> and I said, "Why didn't you tell me?" But you can't tell that person, you know, when that situation that you, you know, because I would have gone, "What do you mean?" But whether it's that hello, whether it's the note, whether it's a card, whatever, it's those little things that don't have to cost a lot. Yeah. Which actually, emotionally, and that, that feeling inside mean a lot more. A lot, lot more. It does. I just want to go back to something you said, because the the thing that you always know where it's going with your friends when they lean in and say, I never, yes. liked, I never liked him. Yeah. You, yeah. you didn't look happy, and you sit there, it's like 20 fucking years. You yeah, came around. Exactly. Kissed yeah. him, hugged him, wished him Merry yeah. Christmas. And now you tell me you didn't like him. Exactly. <laughs> what? What's going on? But again, that's that route and that journey that we, we have to take <laughs> ourselves. And and when I I was privileged enough, I say that, to do some work, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at the Women's Refuge mm-hmm. in Salisbury and uh, do some next step training with them. And then somebody said, I don't know how to cook. I said, well, you know, I'm not an expert, but let's do it anyway. You know, the fact that you need, again, a funny analogy, but if you think of a lovely spring meadow. Yep. Uh, and, and if you're on the farm, you know that the, the, the cows will, will come in over winter and get fed all this stuff. And then they, when they go out and eat grass, it has an amazing adverse effect on them. And it basically does. they're shit everywhere. Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. And it's not like the cow packs that you'd expect to see. So that happens and you're thinking, oh, my goodness. But. What that does, it fertilizes that meadow so that when the spring flowers come up, and I always say, you've got to work your, yourself and walk through a path of a bit of shittiness to get to the other end to go, oh my goodness, isn't this amazing? It's, and it's... and we, we've got to do that. It'd be nice if we didn't have to, but would we learn? Would we appreciate what we have? I don't know. So, yeah, you've got to tiptoe you... through a bit of delight and put up with your, your, your friends and even your parents going, are you sure? <laughs> there is in, in my own experience from personal experience and um, and I'll, I'll just chuck out a little caveat to that there are sometimes you come across an annoying prick who just <laughs> somehow has managed to be grateful for everything in their whole life Yeah, <laughs> and they just like see the good and everything they're really great do you know what I mean they, they actually and as such run for hand <laughs> yeah that they, they, they just they grown as people they, they, they naturally are inclined that way they, they're just the rest of us myself especially the best lessons i ever had were the ones where i tripped over landed flat on my nose broke my nose knocked my front teeth out got kicked in the nuts yeah do you know what i mean and i made a complete catastrophe of my life mm. and of my own doing but then, after 
the sulk sulks end and a few years mm. later and you, you find yourself you know it's not so timid and things are rebuilding and friendships have, are still around yeah. you find out who some of your friends really are and so and yeah. some sometimes the best surprises are people you didn't realize actually fought a lot of you oh. have actually covered your back and do think a lot of you and you oh right i, I didn't actually never liked you so i'm really surprised um but i like you now and um, and like like i was saying you know you end up with handmade christmas cards which seem oh. completely nonchalant in a way do you know what i mean like well what does it matter but those dark days i've had because i never had the ability to appreciate something so beautiful and genuinely oh. feel how beautiful it is and and be able to touch uh, emotionally connect with somebody in that way that when a friend says i like making christmas cards that's my thing and i'm sending oh. you one and you realize how much joy they had in doing it how important it was to and but all of those things and you were the one i was thinking about i want exactly. you to have it and you're like fuck that person yeah. that person actually thinks really highly of me which can yeah. be a surprise because i've been a right ass in my life and <laughs> and and you don't always make it easy for people so i've you know like like i said there's some people who can who just stroll through life and always have that appreciation and have always found it but the rest of us sometimes actually have to have some dark places and I, yeah and come up against things where we didn't have the courage to do what we really wanted to do you know like i was yeah. talking to you the uh before this part of doing the podcast was plucking up the courage to do the podcast yeah. you know it was you know and god bless caroline who yeah. came on <clears throat> connected the two of us and you know and it pushed me forward and mm. like you say is that analogy is brilliant because actually sometimes life is shit but the trick is to navigate it in such a way that when that is happening m more often than not there's not much you can do about it, it, it it's got no. to it's got to ride its time out but it's afterwards when you get to sit back and think yeah but what's happening now is really good I'm really lucky. I'm really blessed. <clears throat> and yeah, I, no, I agree with you entirely. Sometimes those things that we treasure so greatly now, we can only, we only have the capacity to treasure because yeah. we, we weren't in a, we just didn't have the capacity to do it before. So maybe. No, you know, I'm hoping that the, the, the COVID situation will, will make people realize what they have. Yeah. And, and be more grateful. You know, we all joke. It's like we're going down the pub. Well, we haven't been able to go down. The pub, <laughs> you know, um, and and it's not necessarily the the correlation of going down to have a drink. It's the correlation of meeting up with people, connecting with people, which is what we've been talking about throughout this podcast. But and and the freedom to do that. Yeah. You know, and and maybe it make people realise that, regardless of the colour of one, one's politics, we actually live in a very liberal. Um, maybe that's the wrong word to talk about, but you know, we can do what we want, basically. I yeah, no, I I will stand up. If if yeah. somebody says if per, caveat to this, this is my personal opinion. If you can't appreciate what a great country we live in, you've not travelled very far. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that's even across the channel because you do not want to mess with a a French policeman 
Or yeah. what you want to do is go to Brussels and look at their revenue people on their metro. They come on armed, looking like um, a SAS detachment. Mm. When I was yeah. first in Brussels, and I'm like, I got my ticket, and and the guy said, yes, we know all you English people because you're, you're holding a little ticket up. They come up armed with a tea to the teeth, and because the it, it's cost effective, and they're saying, right, you know, if you haven't got a ticket, off you go. We would never be allowed to do that. Well, that, well, we don't have much revenue, alas, on on the trains, but. Yeah. You know, well, I'm just going to get on the train. What are you going to do about it? It's like, run into my hand quickly. Oh, we can't do that, can we? You know, appreciate <laughs> what we have. <laughs> Try upsetting the Italian police, see where that gets you. Oh, or really? The, or the French police. Do you know what I mean? I've had oh, run-ins right. with all of them in the, over the years. You know, just just gen- general run-ins. You know, yeah. one of them was actually, I, I didn't have a ticket. Uh, and I was on a bus because nobody would tell me how you had to buy a ticket. Apparently, back then, you had to buy it. On on a um, you had to go into a shop and buy it, and oh. then you and then you got on the bus. Well, I was just getting on the bus asking for a ticket in my worst Italian, and <laughs> the Italian bus driver in his worst English was just telling me to sit down and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's what I was doing. Then one day this bus inspector gets on, and apparently I should be paying for. It. I was like trying to pay for a ticket, so I got arrested, taken to a police station. Oh, <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, for no ticket, for like a. Mm. The equivalent of a euro, right? Yeah. But it, it was lira, so it was a while ago. Um, for youngsters listening to this, lira was what Italian money was called before the euro was announced. Right? <laughs> yeah. right? And luckily, the Italian desk sergeant spoke phenomenal English ah. and realised how angry I was because I was too dumb and young. to. Well, actually, probably what bailed me out, I was so dumb and young... I was happy to tell everyone how angry I was at getting, you know, arrested for not having a ticket. Yeah. And uh, on the basis of nobody would tell me where to buy a bloody ticket. Yeah. You know, and he was he was just like, I understand. It's fine. Could you just yeah. calm down? And it, and it literally got to the point. If you don't calm down, so I was just going to knock you down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we will arrest you and throw away the key. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and actually, I'll give him his due. He dished out a bollocking to the copper and the bus inspector. And yeah. saying, you should have told him what to do. And he just said, are yeah. you happy to pay? I said, yeah, yeah. And I even said how many times I'd been on the bus while I'd been there. I said, I'm happy to pay for all of them. Yeah. And he was just like, no, no, no. What, you know, just pay for your bus fares. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And he even then directed me, told me how to get a bus ticket. And like I said, I'll give him his due. God bless him. Could he then bollock the copper and the bus inspector yeah. for not just telling me that? Why didn't you just take the money off him? And tell him where he could get a ticket from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but again, education. <clears throat> yeah, but I've had like, um, I I go I do surfing a lot, and I used to have a camper van, and so I've, yeah, so I've done Algarve to Cherbourg, right? Yeah, and I've not had many run-ins with the police. I'll be one hundred percent honest, because I follow the law, <laughs> because yeah. I know plenty of people on my travels who haven't, <clears throat> yeah. and and once they realise you're a travelling non-citizen it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're french italian you know you can be french in portugal spanish in france england in any right? so this is before brexit once they realize you're not from their country mm. and you're traveling and surfing in a camper van they're like oh judgmental no not judge not judgmental um huh? in that sense it's just like you're breaking the law to arrest you is is diplomatic issues because you can call the embassy. Mm. By punch you in the face, there's nothing you can do about it. It's your word against mine. 
and I have a baton in my hand and I'm often armed. And I know loads of people have had kickings off the police. Yeah. <clears throat> they never got arrested. They never got fined. But they no, had plenty. But they have a lesson. Yeah. yeah. But it was, in fairness, just to sort of to clarify, all of them were camping where they're not supposed to. I was in France and we were parked up and somebody, a local came along and said, you can't park here. He said, the police will come along and move you. And he said, but they'll do it at two o'clock in the morning. Oh. He said, and, you know, and they'll just come and start banging on the glass, might smash the glass to your van, and then they'll do you for that. Do do you know what I mean? Because there were signs up saying, don't park here, but we're just like, we've run out of time. We wanted to just crash for the night. And a local came along and said, you can't park here. Just don't do it. You know. Oh. But he did tell us where we could park about five miles away. Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah, That's yeah. But the police in, in my, yeah, in my, and I used to go to Russia a lot. And um, I used to, I've been to Moscow about five times. And That's got to be educational. <clears throat> That's a word. That's a way of describing it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, was on a, I was on a tube with my then girlfriend. Um, and this guy gets, and she, she was from Moscow. And this guy, he was a big old unit as well. He, he got on the train got on the tube he was drunk he'd clearly had a fight and i was not feeling good about this situation <clears throat> and and i said to my girlfriend i said like this i'm not keen with this you know we need to do something she's like why what's the problem i said that guy doesn't look clever and she said he's not going to do anything she goes it was probably the police that did that to him <laughs> you know she goes and he knows if he kicks off on the train at the next station the police will come and do it again and she, wow. do you know what? He, he, he was good as gold. He didn't move. And that's it, because people don't realise. This country is an amazing country to live in. We live in a great country. Yeah, you definitely. Know. And like I said, I, I've been all over Europe. I've been to Moscow five times. I've been to Morocco. Uh, I was in California a couple of years ago. It, it's just like, mm. you know, the, this... I mean, and it's, like I said, whenever I hear people complain about Great Britain, I know you haven't travelled far. Yes. Or if you have, you haven't got into trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've just, they've just not had that life experience. And you know, people go, well, you know, you're being a bit sort of arrogant about this. It's like, no, we have a fantastic country. We have a very good, okay, you know, people got all oh, fell off, but, you know, we have a pretty good educational system. The NHS is bloody amazing. Yeah. Now, how much do you, so you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a new owner of a pacemaker. And how oh, much what? that cost? Yeah. Cost them? Oh, nothing. I look at people on Facebook, it costs them a fortune in America. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my sewing skills are pretty rubbish. I sew with Wonderweb, which, you know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. And it looks as if their surgeons have sewn with Wonderweb. And, you know, people should really take stock of what we get in this yeah. country. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And then, then of course, you get a kid. Well, you know, really. No, I'm just very proud of, of, of what we've got here. And people should appreciate, and I believe that people should give back. Schwarzkopf said after the first Gulf War that, you know, people should really think about how they can give back to their country. Yeah. And he was, he was a sort of a barrack race. He said, you know, I'm not saying that you've got to get dressed in a, in a you know, a, a no. dark blue, light blue or a green uniform, but, you know, maybe commit to, to doing you know, care in the community, which people goff at, but it's no, it's our community and we should care. That's what it's Look, about. It, it is, you know, it is, you know, I ca- you can't understate the value. Look, you know, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, right? You, you said on here, you know, 
you're married to your wife. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There are countries where that's illegal. Exactly. Right? It would be illegal for you to travel together under those circumstances, mm. to have a room together under those circumstances, you'd be arrested. Yeah. Right? In this country, you can go to the you can go to a church and get married. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Some churches. But yes, there's yeah. the option there, and I'm very grateful for it. And People it recognized are... in law that you are legal partners. Mm. That is phenomenal. We are so damn lucky. Yeah. You know, and, and when and, and then that's the beauty of democracy, that people get to say, actually, this is a good thing. We need more of it. And the democracy, the fact that we can, I mean, going to, to Moscow, I can't make a comment. I've not had the, the, the privilege of being there, but we can stand up in the street and we can argue about something. Yeah. But look and, at, and, look and at the... Do you know what they're going to say? Where do they go? Oh well, yeah, don't worry about it. They're gone. You know. Look, so, so here's a flip side to Moscow. When they had the World Cup, mm. nobody in Moscow was worried about football hooligans. Why was that? Yeah. Exactly. Right? And why was there no trouble in Moscow? Because all the football hooligans were just warned. You're yeah. not. You're not in Europe. You yeah. kick off in Moscow, we will kick the shit out of you. Yeah. Just take you to hospital. When you recover, we'll do it again. Hmm. You know, and there were documentaries where they visited the Russian hooligans and uh, on YouTube and stuff like that. And the hooligans were just like, what's going on? They're like, no, the police have already seen us. The police have already come to us and said, if you turn up and cause any trouble, we know where you live. We know where your families live. That's the end. Yeah. <clears throat> and nobody in Russia stepped out of line. There were no, there was no trouble in Russia in the last World Cup. Mm. But there was an expense to that because of the yeah. way they enforce law. Also, around that time, when the gay rights activists tried to march through Moscow, they all got arrested. It mm. comes at a cost. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And <clears throat> this is the thing is you and I can have a public debate, a private debate, whatever, on the rights of whatever we want. Mm. Because of we live in this country, because we live in Great Britain. And yeah. it's people just don't realise the privilege that's afforded. And it shouldn't be a privilege. It should be our rights. Hmm. You know, and we, they are our rights, you know. And the fact that we can advocate for them, advocate against them. But yes. people just don't realise that the things that we have, look, you know, if you and I go back to our childhoods, right, there was no way you and your wife were getting married. No. There was no way you, you and your wife were ever going to have outside the closest circle that you could trust would there be yeah, exactly. any acknowledgement that this is the lady that i love mm. so yeah. we, we're doing all right as a country that you and i who are effectively complete strangers really have never actually met in person no, no. can talk about this and celebrate it this way and, but we would we would we, I, I believe that we would link our arms <laughs> and you know and and defend others to have that right you know i i we're coming to the end of me being a a, a council with Salisbury City Council, yeah. and um, debate is healthy. And I've always said to, and you know, opposition sounds aggressive to me, but you know, good, healthy conversation, debate. And I remember saying to to, to one of the the chaps there, you know, when he stood to be our MP, and I said, you know, I don't agree with your politics, but I would stand and defend your right to stand. <laughs> That's it. You know, and that and that's what it should be about. And 
people tend to forget that and they get all aggressive and uppity. It's like, no, 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 we should be grateful that however many parties, and when it comes to Salisbury, I don't believe it should be about party you know, politics anyway. It's just that I love my city and I wanted to try and, you know, do something. Yeah. But I will defend anybody's right, whether I agree with it or not. But they need to be polite and respect each other's views. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. It's like I, I will respect anybody's right to their opinion. And I don't actually have much care about what your opinion is. Your mm -hmm. right to have it is what you have a right exactly. to do. And I have a right yeah. to debate it and a right mm -hmm. to tell you why I think you're a prick, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to accept my version of why I think you're a prick, right? <laughs> you know, but the right is there. It exactly. is. But it's how we go about expressing that. That's that's always going to be the issue. And again, like you and I were saying, people don't understand that in this country, we are so lucky because you just can't do it in other countries. No. You know. So well, actually, the female being able to vote. Yeah, I know. People think yeah. that's the standard across the, the world. It's not. And, and when people, oh, I can't be bothered to vote. It's like, if you can't be bothered to vote, then I don't actually think you should have access to the facilities that you know, are available. Now, that's a bit extreme. But uh, Australia yeah. do that though, don't they? In Australia, it's illegal yeah, not to vote. Law to vote. So yeah, you know, especially with a you know, people have thrown themselves under horses. They they've done interesting things so that me as a female can vote. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you think back, you had to be a property owner, you had to do this and that. Anybody over the age can vote. Yeah, and they should do. Yeah, one hundred percent. Get the grips and understand the true bits and bobs because, you know. When you're young, you don't necessarily eat mushrooms or cauliflower cheese. When you're a bit older, you maybe you do, and you're like a bit still. Yes. Now, your views, your politics will probably change, but that comes back to school as well. Yeah. Know, to, to have that and be engaged in debating and things like that. And, it, and it's quite interesting that certainly I can think of three people that were, oh, blah, 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 this, you know, up the, this, that, and the other. And then they've got to 30, you know, yeah. they've, they've got a few whiskers on their face, and that's just for women. And, the, and you know, they've got some property, <laughs> and then they've checked their views. Satellite delay there. Yeah. But we evolve, and we're, and again, we have the choice to evolve. We're allowed to do that. We're allowed to change our minds. I do. But please vote, whatever you do. <laughs> I do wish people would stop voting for parties and vote for your MP. Go and engage with your oh. MP. Have a chat with your MP and Speak see. Speak to what the person. MP. Yeah. And if that MP doesn't support mm. what you want, don't vote for them. Vote for the other person. Find out who does support what you want. And what you'll find out is okay. all of them have different views and all of them have something in common with you. <clears throat> you know. Mm. So, But if you don't garner a relationship for it, and I have had tried to get John Glenn on the podcast. He says he's too busy. And... Um, <laughs> I think what he politely was saying, like, who the hell, are, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's what he... it can be a bit like that. It can be a bit like that. You know, before I sort of got involved, I wanted to to say, oh, actually, go and do this in a, and and you could see that the then agent. This was a good few years ago. You know, who are you? Yeah. You know, yet on speaking with him. I mean, so we've talked about swearing. So here's a scenario: you know, VAT on female products, sanitary products. Yeah, sure. He's really annoying. So you know, so the scenario. I, thought, I really don't believe that. Now my other half um, would often see um, John on the train because she was guard, and she said, "This is not. This is not. You know, 
why are we doing this? You know, you don't get VAT and other bit. Anyway, they did their vote. There was a big open day at Salisbury Station and John was there and he was the duty guest and the mayor was there and all set and the other. And they wanted to show him one of the new engine units. So he's walking through, he sees Fee and he's like, ah, Fiona. And they're all going, we're going this way. He's like, no, no, no. And he spent 10 minutes explaining about VAT on sanitary products to her. <laughs> but regardless of the politics, he took the time and the trouble to say, you know, this is why, da, 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 and then went off again. Do we, we don't now, have VAT on sanitary products now, though, do we? Not now. No, because I say that it did, and a couple, it was well, it's only recently, isn't it? Like recent yeah. years. It was, yeah, because I, I remember the first time hearing that, you know, because obviously I, I don't have a great deal of knowledge about sanitary. No. Yeah. Um, and I was just, why would you have VAT on sanitary products? It's just like crazy. Is, it, is that a luxury item? I don't think it is. But the, the point I'm making there is about you saying He that did you take the time. Yeah, he still. Yeah, he recognised her. He knew he was, and like, actually, there's something I need to explain to you. No, no, and that and that is the thing, right? So you might not always like his politics, mm. but you can't fault him with that. You know, whenever I've emailed him about something, I kind of always get the party line. But yeah. he, he does actually, in fairness, always at least respond. Mm. Whereas know. some of them, you don't even get that. <clears throat> yeah, and and I do wish more and more people. Um, in fact, I did a, a podcast with a guy called Mike Reese, um, who's he's applying to become an independent for the police and crime commissioner. Yes, that's where I've got the net. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. Really nice guy, ex police officer. Good. Yeah, well, really. finger, you've got it. I mean, you know, that's why we need to have people who are a bit, getting a bit. You know, anybody that's going to be part of that needs to have the experience of what he's standing for. Yeah. Not be a barrack rat whose chair is always very warm. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Well, he one of the points he was making is, obviously, he's an ex-police officer, so he has a greater understanding. Mm. Uh, one of his big points is, why does Salisbury not have a police station? You know, when the money was ring-fenced yeah. for a police station. And yes. also, he just doesn't believe that politicians should be allowed to sit in the role. No. But it has been a, a political role. And I, I know that's, that's what through... he said. Yeah, that's it, what Well, it is. It's through a personal connection of somebody who was um, ex-policeman, gone quite up the food chain, done some interesting things, we'll leave it at that, was going to stand, and then was then told by the, the local political party, no, it is a political, we want somebody with that angst. And it's like, yeah. but hang on a minute, this guy's got all the experience, the understanding, is eloquent, can, you know, no, it needs to be political. Yeah, and that's, and this is what, uh, yeah, this is what Mike was saying is, it's being used in, as a political role mm. and it's not, it was never intended for that. And it's quite a nice earner as well. Is it? I didn't, you know, maybe, maybe we that. want somebody there that is, they know what it's about. Yes, we need a police station. We're getting a bigger city and we can't rely on the, the RMPs to come and help us all the time. We need some, some boots on the ground. So how did you become a councillor? I... It sounds a bit pompous, but I just felt that Salisbury had been really good to me and I wanted to to do it. And mm. it had been talked about a couple of years before I got approached and then I got approached again and I said, actually, yes, I, I'd like to do this. Now, when I when I did that, so I, you can say that I want to become a counsellor um, and then, you know, you have a little interview technique and all this, that and the other. And unfortunately, you do have to pin your colours to a particular mast. You know, I mean, I think we are going to get a few more independents for the com coming up election. And um, 
I do think that's a really bad thing because it's about our city and, we, and we've got a whole variety of people in the city. That's what we need. So you have an interview, you have a selection process, you then go to be the council. But I was self-employed at the time. Um, and, and that was good because I had the time. But then I felt that I was actually doing more council work than I was earning a living. Yeah. Um, and then I got um, an opportunity to, to board for my, my job, which was Wiltshire Council. And that has been an interesting fence to sit on. Um, I, I, I'm a, a cuddly sort of individual in the sense that I need a fairly wide fence to sit on. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to perch on there. And, and I do believe that both sides and a, a couple of my... Um, residents and colleagues as well said well you know you're sort of city council you need to go and shout at Wiltshire council it's like shouting is not going to achieve anything we need to have a you know conversation here um and it just sort of evolved but unfortunately due to sort of you know a series of events and it's coming to the end of that term i'm not going to stand again at the moment i would like to think that as life progresses and maybe gets a bit slower or things like that mm. but, you know i i would like to stand again um they might not like me to stand but, you know, I get, get quite frustrated. It's been educationally inspiring, frustrating, interesting. And I still think we have a bloody fantastic city. And we we have a great city. We yeah. do. I, 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 look, I, I'm with you. I, I have two things. If you don't like it, fuck off. Exactly, um, yeah. If you do like it, let's try and make it a better place. Hmm. And then don't be negative. You know, the, there's all the... You know, Facebook can be the work of the devil, but there's also some good things about yeah. it. But all the people that win is like, well, stand up and do something. And that's the point I've made. And I, I made that probably about six or seven months ago and said, um, you know, if you believe in your city, then stand. And, and I don't care what party you stand for, but stand and try and take part. Yeah. And, and a couple of people were like, well, you shouldn't say that. Well, why not? You should tell them to stand for the Conservative Party. Or it's just like, no. No, Christ, don't, please, don't. You know. Vote for who you want, but don't stand as an independent. Stand exactly. for yourself, not 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 a party. But be uh, be sensible about it. There's things that you know. There is no magic money tree, and um, just by standing, it's amazing how people feel they can be exceedingly rude to you. Yeah. Um, and it's like, look, hang on a minute. I'm I'm a human here. You know, it's like think about what you're 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 emailing me, and but engage and have a conversation and and think how we can make the city better because. It's not for me, it's not for you, and it's probably not for the for the, for the people that are struggling now. It's for 30 years' time that, you know, what the decisions we're making. Yeah. And we need to build a city where we want to keep young blood in here. I know I'm getting older, and it's just like, well, yes, I wouldn't mind a nice retirement flat this area. But no, that's not going to help us. We need to get people to come into the city. We have a fantastic market. We have all the things that are in place, and we should take advantage of them. Yeah. You know? No, it's it's true. We have had, uh, like many places up and down the country, a thriving city. It was a city doing well, and a, a city that for a while was brought to its knees because of Novacek. And you know, we well, yeah, we were part of helping with that, and and that was amazing. Yeah, and it's, but we, you know, we came back, and unfortunately, this is now here. But we're in yeah. the same, we're in the same place that every city up and down the country exactly. is in. You know, so hopefully, individuals look at it, isn't it? But, you know, <laughs> one shot, there was a, a situation where it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we've got no control of this. But 
Novichok and COVID, people and their businesses have amazed me because some people have used it as an excuse, or maybe they've gone, do you know what? You know, I'm getting too old. I'm, I'm going to stop. And I, and I completely respect that. Being in business, yeah. I can realise it's hard work. But a lot of other people have gone, oh, okay, I'm going to look at it this way. How can I change? How can I adapt? So we've got people that have started delivery businesses. You know, a couple of the guys on the market are now running five or six wagons because they're doing a delivery service. Yeah, shout, shout out to Salisbury Butcher, Luke. Yes, he, he yeah, has exactly. He has his delivery yeah. business. Yeah, you know, there's lots of people that have looked at things. And again, it's it's coming straight back to, you know, how do you look at life and how do you deal with these things? Yeah. Salisbury is vibrant. You know, I I love the playhouse and the culture bits and bobs that we have. The pointy building, I'm not over religious, but when it's foggy and I can't see it, I do get a bit worried if I can't see the pointy building. We, it, <laughs> we, but, them, you know. we have one of the most magnificent cathedrals in the world right mm. on our doorstep and it's accessible. Mm. You know, it's they are very open to the public. You can go on the tours. It yeah. has one of the things that drives me nuts that people don't realise. We have one of only four Magna Cartas with a royal seal. Yeah, which comes back to what we we're talking about, isn't it? It's like, yeah, we've got, we've right. got we've we have. So you, you've started me on something now. I was I was getting no, ready to talk like about the to round to round up the podcast. Just what yeah. I was going to about ask you about the puppy, which I'm still going to do, but we're going to move. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, so Salisbury City, like folks, right. The reason the Magna, if you don't know your history, the reason the Magna Carta is important, it was kind of the first step where commoners were recognised in law. The right to own land it actually is the foundations of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, the American Constitution. It formed many of the foundations for the Constitution around the world, where anybody has a form of democracy. The Magna Carta was one of the pivotal turning points for human history. And... Mm. There are currently, I think, 16 in existence <clears throat> that survive. But most of them, if I'm correct, 14, no, 12 of them don't have the royal seal. They have uh, the chancellor's seal or the secretary's seal. Mm. The one in Salisbury Cathedral, if I remember correctly, has the royal seal. We have one of the four originals, which is what makes it, it so important. Yes. <laughs> Salisbury Cathedral also has the world's oldest working clock. Mm. We also have, oh, I've let myself down now. In the Salisbury Market Square, there is a, gent a statue to a gentleman whose name, I'm sorry, I can't forget. Is it Fawcett. Fawcett. Uh, who, tremendous work in the women's rights era at that. He was also was the guy that started postal savings. Yeah. We would not have savings accounts today if it was not for Fawcett. We also have St. Stephen's, no, St. Thomas's Church, which was the church of yes. the Cathedral, one of the oldest churches in the world, uh, used, still being used in daily. And we also have the Red Lion Hotel, which, if I remember correctly, is the oldest working hotel in the world that's never yeah. always started as a hotel and it's only been a continuous line of hotel. And it's only changed families mm. a few times. <clears throat> so just within the grounds of the cathedral within a hundred yards of the cathedral uh the cathedral ground we have some of the most important history in this country and we are so damn lucky exactly uh, you know it, it's beautiful it's historical often when you live in a city like this and, and i suppose because i you know i've only been down here since 2005 and my cheesy line was always love brought me to salisbury and now i love salisbury because that's that'll, what it was about 
And why you not? Know. If there's ever an 80s pop lyric, that's Exactly. It. That's the one. You know, um, and you're, you're so right. How many people have actually, I mean, I do go and walk around the cathedral. I've never done an official tour, but I love just pottering around there and just reading everything that's there. Mm-hmm. But we are so lucky. And if, you know, we don't have a thriving, and there are some amazing businesses in and around Salisbury, yeah. having, having, you know, organised the, the Business of the Year Awards, it's, it's a great industry. But again, I don't care what brings somebody into the city no. from wherever you might come, but come, have a look round, enjoy it, embrace it, spend your money, yeah. bring a picnic if necessary, but sit and, and if enjoy. If you fall in love, meet somebody, fall in love, buy a house, become a counsellor, it's all good. We welcome everybody. <laughs> we want you all. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, that's one of the, you know, without sounding cheesy, it's one of the reasons why, because it, you know, I've been... But you could say it's lucky. I mean, it's down to me, you know. But I just felt that if there was an empty bit that I could give back, then I should try. And and that sounds awfully pompous, and it doesn't. No, no. But does that? I don't think it does sound pompous at all. I think it's one of the most genuine things you could say. Because oh. what what's what's nicer than actually saying that I met somebody from this community was welcome into this community, so I want oh. to do something for it. I mean, yeah. is is that not the very basis and foundation of what good, good friends, good family, good community it is? is. Yeah. yeah, it exactly. is. You know, it's the best reason because my experience, you know, your experience of Salisbury was it meant so much to you that you actually yeah. wanted to become involved in Salisbury. Exactly. I, I'm not sure that you could have paid Salisbury a better compliment. Well, we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll try and do it again and see what else. <laughs> yeah. I can do. yeah. So right. <laughs> Put important stuff now. We've put the world to rights. Puppies. What puppy did you buy? What, what have you got? Right. So I would make a point saying that this isn't a lockdown puppy. Somebody made a comment on my Facebook page and I was quite angry about it. That Fuck them. Back, back in October, our nearly 18-year-old Jack Russell, Archie, oh. he was lovely. He absolutely brilliant. Had his father. So he was, there was that connection there. He, his time had come. I'll leave it at that because I'll get emotional. Okay. Yeah, I'll so just say, like, don't, you can't talk to me. We're talking about puppies. I can't talk about go- so, so bygone like, dogs. We're not going to have another one. We're not going to do this. And it lasted. Just, just quickly, rest in peace, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Bless him. He's lovely. I'm, I'm feeling emotional peace. already now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I don't know whether you can see it, but there he is. That was Archie. Oh, what a stunner. He was lovely. lovely. He's a handsome boy. Yeah, so we couldn't get another Jack because we'd obviously be comparing him. So yeah, um, of course. And also because we, because I knew the lineage from him, so we had to get a, a dog that we we wanted to rescue, and they're like hen's teeth. And yes. through a recommendation, we've got a border terrier. Nice. Border Teddy, and um, because of unfortunately all the naughtiness that's around, we haven't. I haven't actually been putting it on my Facebook page because you just never know. But to say that I'm smitten is an understatement, and he's fitted into the family quite well. Um, is he going to be? Ah, oh, look at that! Ah, oh, so I, I want to take when he because I've got to wait a whole year before I can take him out on proper walks. But I'm hoping that he's going to like camping, and we're going to go and have some adventures. And you don't do stand it. a chance, do you? <laughs> he's too good looking. You, you. <laughs> he's lovely, uh, Amanda. You're fucked. You, he's just yeah. the look of that dog. Then. Just look it up. You, you don't. No. You ain't got a hope in hell. No, no. It, you know we are. We are blessed. He is. So, so I'm not blessed with children, but we are like the the neighbours must wonder what's going on because we go, 
oh my god he's had a poo all by himself <laughs> just like time. nature intended exactly yes he would not. but 11 weeks i think it's pretty cool that he does go outside and do that <laughs> hey you know on that note <laughs> it's it's the funny thing it is it's this um I don't know. There's just something about dogs. They're they're just, yeah. you know, they, he they just. I don't know. I don't have children either. I've got a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, and I'm oh, much happier. Well, you see, my other half. When Fee and I met, I had um, Archie, and um, Fee had Hector. So a nice chestnut um, Staffy, and I've known Staffies before. People get the wrong idea. It's not the dogs. It's the people. And and so when we first met, it's like if the dogs don't get on, this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And so when I um, had my own company, it was called Hector Merriweather because oh. it was after Hector, and then Merriweather was a lady that I was in business with, her other dog, and Hector was lovely, and the both of them got on like a house on fire. And um, when Hector passed away, poor old Archie was was not happy, chappy, no. you know, depressed Jack Russell. No. So I, Molly's about eight, maybe nine years old now. Oh. And very, it's, it's a catch twenty two story because I'm smitten with her. Yes. But the only reason I have her is because her owner died last year. Oh. Yeah. So she. You, you carry on that, you know. That oh yeah. Woman. But it, it, it's yeah. sad because nobody, without trying to get into the details of it, they didn't oh. want her. You know, no. the, the guy, the owner died. Nobody in the family wanted her. So she was. Oh. I'd looked after her while he was in hospital. Uh, mm. For about a month, and then he came out. She went back to him. Sadly, a couple of months later, he died. Oh, and yeah, kind of nobody wanted her, so they kind of reached out. Well, nobody wanted her. The original owner was aware of this and had already okay. sort of said, Well, would you take her? And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> but it, you've got to try and tone down your excitement because it's like you yes. don't, you, you know, because you the, the well, circumstances, maybe. well, you know. He he uh, he was a friend of my uncle's, and it was just like, look, I'll, I'll take her as soon as I can have her. You know what I mean? You know, Aww. and yeah, and effectively, she was decreed to me that. And after he died, and a few days later, they, the family reached out and said, "Could you come and get her, please?" Oh. They didn't want her, and I am over the moon. I am smitten with her, and she's just a snorting, eating, farting machine, and that's fine by me. Yeah, that was Hector. Ah, oh, oh, he'd look at that. You, you, I've got to give you a chew. You pick some handsome dogs, don't you? That's a good looking dog. Oh, bless him. He's cute. Yeah. Oh, fine. no, I can't hear you. Yeah, no, they're, they're, we're back. We're cute. back. They are very... <clears throat> I was going to say. That's three pictures of three different dogs. You've picked some good-looking dogs. But look at that. He, yeah. he won a place on the dog calendar, of which my dog, Archie, didn't. Gutted. I'll see but if I... I... But I bet you're really enjoying having a Staffy because they are so loving. She, she's my first Staffy. And like I said, yeah. I, I don't know... Um, Kind of like... So that's a picture I took of her the other day. Can you? I'm not sure. Does that come up okay? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, she's looking a bit sorry for herself. Always. Yeah. <clears throat> she she doesn't like for some reason. As soon as you get the camera out, she's like, "What are you doing? I, I don't want a camera." I'm trying to see if I have any. Oh, he posed. 
But that's kind of her favourite position, just lying on top of me sleeping. Oh, that's it. And and don't they snore wonderfully? <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's, she, oh, she snores, farts, she eats. Farts as well, yeah. They look at you and go, and you go it wasn't me, it was you, love. Can you, <laughs> uh, look. Oh, tummy tingle time. Yep. Yeah. She's listen, listen to you and me talking about dogs like we just had kids. <laughs> exactly, it's that sort of thing. It's just, you know, but yeah, I've never but, known a dog eat the way she eats. She just hoovers. It's just, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure why she even has teeth. Do you know what I mean? It's just, oh, a, it's just <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? And even if it's like, if it's like that needs chewing because it's so big. No, she, yeah. she just tries to swallow it like she's a, a boa constrictor or something and then throws it up later. And then, yes, kind of, yeah. and if you don't get to it quick enough, she's mulling over whether she can try and swallow it again. It's like, yeah. well, I'm, yeah, I'm recycling, I'm green, I'll, yeah. I'll take it back again. So I'm sure that's still edible. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And let me just try again. And you're just like, well, it bloody is, just try chewing it. But no. Yeah, but they, can... they don't. No, they don't. So, But that is probably a wonderful place to just stop the podcast. Thank you very much. You've been a star. Thank you very much. Oh, no, you've been great. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. <laughs> keep smiling, keep saying hello to people, and let's just be kind to each other. And that was Amanda. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please like, subscribe, comment. It all helps, and it gets the message out there. Have a great day, guys. <laughs>